The following audio content is a talk from Convergence, a service for young adults at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at upc.org forward slash young adults. We have an opportunity to have Dave come in tonight and just begin to, to get, have us have a sense of kind of what's coming up. And so I, I wanted to seize the moment and have Dave uh, come and share tonight. So I'm glad that he's here. Thanks, Dave, for, for making time. And we're looking forward to what you have for us. But uh, uh, lead us, will you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the chance to be here. And I want to pray right now that your spirit would do what you do, which is to take what you're trying to say and communicate it to our hearts. And Lord, I know that we are coming in, running a million miles an hour, and that we've got a lot of things on our minds and a lot of things in our hearts, things in our lives that we're trying to work out, things that we're trying to make sense of. And Lord, I'm going to ask right now that, that, that we would sense your work in us, around us, through us. That sense that you got us. That you know us by name. That you know us what we're doing, what we're trying to get in our lives, where we're trying to go, what we're trying to reach for. And you know it. We confess to you, Lord, that sometimes we're not quite sure if you know it. We're not quite sure if you get it. So, Lord, right now in this space, this community, I pray for peace. That even though the details aren't worked out, that even though some of the things are up in the air, that some things may even not look good right now, that there's a sense of, you got it. And then, Lord, second, you know this is an issue that I am wrestling with right now. That I am right in the middle of this with you. So, Lord, as, as I come to this, I pray that you'll iron out stuff and help us walk away together, all of us tonight, with a heart for community. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, it is good to be with you all. Um, I was a, uh, a pastor for about six years and been a therapist for about seven years, which I can't believe. And um, the, uh, one of the issues that comes up in doing the work that I do is, uh, is something called self-disclosure. And self-disclosure is something that when you are a therapist, you have to be really careful of because... Um, your words can weigh a lot, and so by, by self-disclosure means letting you know how I'm, uh, what I'm thinking about something, or how I'm feeling about something, or my opinion on something. People come in with all different kinds of views in their faith, and, and so for me, I have to really got to be careful to meet people where they are and walk with them from there and see their vantage point. So self-disclosure is something you have to be very discerning about. And, um, and then when I step into this role, um, it, that follows me. There's that sense of um, it, it's easier to speak when I have a sense that I've kind of worked through some stuff, that I've got a community around me. That's what I love about working with John, is John and I, most of the sermons that you ever hear coming from me, he, in a lot of them that you come from, hearing from him, we really talk through, we really wrestle through, and what we try to do is to really engage what, where, we're, where we're really wrestling or struggling or, or where we're not settled. Um, 
Tonight we're going to talk about community. And I've got to be honest with you, um, and this is where the self-disclosure comes in, that when it comes to church, I wrestle. And I told John, I had a conversation with him, and, and I was, as I was thinking about this, preparing for tonight, I just wasn't sure where to go, and I had a couple of conversations with some close people to me, and I, and I said, you know, I've got to be honest. And I, and I, and I, and I, and they, and they, 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 they said, well, what are you talking about? I said, I have to be honest, I don't really like going to church. And, and, and the truth of it is, is that I felt, I feel a sense of guilt about that. That's true. Like I, I can feel like I should, I should like it. And there've been times when I do. Those moments, I can remember them. I remember when I was a college student. It took, it took a gal named Amber Murphy six times. She asked me six times to go to the end. And I finally went. And I'd never heard music like that. And it was like a whole new world opening up for me. And I remember that feeling of being able to sing something that made sense to me. And, I, and, I, and it was great. And then it kind of got old. A little bit. And, and, and at times, if I'm honest, there's, there's times where I feel like if I don't like Creed and I don't like Air Supply and I don't want to sing a verse 70 times, I don't fit in, you know. There's this feeling like, ah, oh, you know, awesome, it's another Creed song, you know. Am I dating myself? Do you even know who Creed is? You probably don't. You know, like, what's Creed? Tell me what Creed is. You know what I'm saying? And there's this feeling of, oh, it's not, oh, it's not Creed, it's an Air Supply song. You know, it's a, you know, I'm all out of love, guys. I can't, What? There we go. Thank you. I was like, please don't tell me I'm the only guy that knows the end of that line. You know, and it's like there's these songs where I'm just like, I feel like it can become kind of a matter of taste and this, this thing, and I don't want to get all into that. And so I've been in that dialogue. I've been in that dialogue for years with people of how do we tailor church to meet the taste of the people. And I feel like, yeah, I know, I get it. But it's like you can shop churches all you want. And I've been to churches that play really loud music. I've been to churches where they play organ music. And I still kind of walk away most of the time going, I don't really like going to church. Now sometimes I think, well, maybe it's because I'm not really a morning person and I'm kind of introverted. A lot of people, they, 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 when they listen to me, they think, well, he's got to be an extrovert. It's not true. I much more get my energy from, go, from being more alone than I do from get, being with people. I, I like to go to people and then kind of go and, and re- recover energy. And so, you know, for some people... They're extroverted morning people. So for them, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, like, hey, it's Jesus time. Come here. Give me a hug. You know, and I'm just like, I really don't really want to hug you. I don't. I don't want to hug you. I don't really want you to, even you're smiling too loud. Like, your smile is loud to me right now. You know, like, I was just, you know, that feeling. So, you know, there's this feeling of like, there's this sense for me where I feel this pressure um, to like something and to be a, a, a part of something, and at the end of the day, I, 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 I think, how does church be community in a way that I like it, like that, I, that, it, that it scratches an, an itch, <coughs> that, it, that, it, that there's something in me that doesn't rest I'm just being off on my own. There's, there's an itch inside me. There's something that's, that, that feels like I'm wired with it. Almost like, like God made each one of us with this sense that on your own, you will feel unfulfilled. 
on your own, you are going to have that sense like there's got to be something more. I got a Blackberry. This is like old news for all of you, but I'm like one of those people that like, for me, a phone is like a phone. I want it to call people, and that's all I've ever wanted. And then I got this like special deal because I've been with one company for so long. They're like, well, if you do this, it's only going to be an extra $10 a month. I was like, well, okay. So I finally did it, and I'm not one of these. Like, I've got guys around me that are, and gals that are like, really good at these things. They're you know, like, Dave, did you know that your BlackBerry can be a car fan? I mean, if you press these <laughs> buttons right here and sync up to this global fan system, you can feel cool all the time. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't know what this button does right here. And um, so I got one of these. And, I, but, and the thing that, was, that has been kind of cool about it is that sense of, of community. There's a sense of, through, through being able to kind of connect to people, there's that sense of connection. And I, I was like, I, I get it. I get why people love that sense of having something with them all the time where they feel connected. And I was like, that's the itch. That's the itch we got. We walk around with it all the time. And the people that are meeting it, are Apple computers. <laughs> They've got it. And Blackberry. They got it. They got the itch. They're like they're they're figuring out that we walk around with this sense of there's gotta be a deeper connection. They're getting it. And so they're providing us things that for only two hundred dollars we can have it in our pocket all the time. And this is the struggle that I feel when I go to church is that I oftentimes walk out and my itch has not been scratched. It doesn't mean the music wasn't good. Yes, that 17th time we went through the chorus, awesome, great, you know, Creed, love it. Great music. And, I, and by the way, the music tonight, amazing music. You know, I walk in here, there are people, I want to tell you, there are people in this place that I love dearly. And yet, how many times I walk out where I just feel that itch. The author of Hebrews is unknown. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up. God, we got some people turning their Bibles. That's good. Um, I'm always saying this is for some of you guys are new, so you don't know this because I'm always harping on this. But I really challenge you to bring your own Bible so you can mark it up. And if it's not your Bible, don't mark it up. That's vandalism. Um, um, okay, the author of Hebrews, we don't know who it is, but, but, the, but the issue that they're dealing with is a lot of, of, of who is Jesus, the sovereignty of Jesus. They're dealing with in, in the, the struggles of, of coming out of Judaism, and they're trying to figure out what does it mean to be a Jewish Christian, and what is, who's Jesus. They're really asking these questions. But then they're moving on to say, what does it mean for us to get together? What does it mean for us to be community? Hebrews chapter 10, if you look with me, you can also see it up there in verse 11. The author says this, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religion. You can almost hear him kind of with this sense of like, na-na-na-na-na-na-na. He says, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, he means Jesus, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. 
Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool. Which means that we're sort of in that in-between time. It means that, that, that Jesus has done what he did, but in the meantime, the enemies of Jesus are still walking around. Some of you feel that. You feel that sense of an in-between time when it's not, things are not quite as they should be. There's the itch. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's you. Being made holy, by the way. So in case you still got stuff in your life where you're going, dang it, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to be made holy. And it's like, no, 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 that's a process. You're still in the in-between time. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Now I can read that passage, by the way, and I want to tell you something right now. For those of you who have the itch, that itch, the first itch, Go ahead. Why don't you just go ahead and put that up? Can you toggle back and forth? All right. The first itch that we've got is that... Oh, go to the next one if you don't mind. That, that first itch is to feel close and right with God. That sense that we want to know that the creator of the universe, this, the one that knit all this stuff together, that we've got a sense, we know the junk in our lives. We know where we come from. We know the thoughts that we've got. For me... If I'm honest, self-disclosure, when I'm stressed and when I'm too busy, I get really critical-minded. I, I, I look at person in the, and the person in front of me that's driving the car that was, that's too slow, when I'm in an okay place where I feel like I'm you know, like rested and I've got you know, good things going on and I feel like I'm in my space, I've got time. It's okay. We're all moving you know, at different paces. When that's not true, I'm critical. Like, where did you learn to drive this automobile, how do you have a right? Where did you? What do you, you know? And I start immediately thinking, well, probably their brain is probably slow. <laughs> probably don't. That's unfortunate. Probably you know. I get that way. I get critical of these people, and I and I and I and I can see myself doing this stuff. And nobody else in here probably does that at all. Um, but that sense, what, what the author of Hebrews is saying is, 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 is addressing this first itch, which is that when we come into church, when we come into this gathering, that one of the itches we've got is that wanting to know that we are right and good with God. That God sees us and says, you know what? You're okay. I know you've got stuff in, pro- in, in process. I know what you did. I know what happened to you. I know where you come from. I know where you're going. You and I are okay. And what the author is saying is, not because somebody up front is doing the same thing over and over again, and you're doing the same thing you do over and over again, and this is where I can get hooked. I can start feeling like if I don't go to church, that somehow I'm not right with God. That's where my guilt plays in with me. And if I don't go, maybe, there's, maybe God and I aren't good. But the author of Hebrews is saying, is, look man, there's nothing more that needs to be done. 2,000 years ago, I came and myself did what you can't do. See, I, I've struggled getting this. 
I hear this a million times. Maybe you have too. I hear it so often that it becomes something like, oh, yeah, 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 Jesus died for me, I get it. Blah, 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 blah. That's what my little nephew used to do. Every time it was like you heard something, his mom would be telling him to clean something, he'd go, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Six years old. Blah, 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 blah. That's how I can get about the message of Jesus. Yeah, Jesus died, blah, 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 blah. Tell me something I don't know. And the author is saying, you don't, you don't get it, Dave, because I don't. That itch, that feeling that you're not right with God, it's already been taken care of. You are. You're right with God. You're good. There's a sense of you couldn't do it. Nobody up front could do it. Day by day. That's the day by day church. This thing that goes on and on and on and on. It's not going to make you right with God. What makes you right with God is what God did for us, for me, for you. It's not blah, blah, blah. It's the stuff that for me, when I think about community, it makes it so hard to get anchored in that first. We, we gather. When we come together as a community, it's not just to meet our significant other. Be honest. That's why some of you know. Yeah, no, I know Dave. Who's that person? That's all right. This is not simply a club about like-minded people. And I want to tell you something, that throughout the time that I've been involved in the church, if I'm honest, there's a little piece of me that always feels like I don't quite fit it. I don't quite fit into the group. Because I feel like the group is a lot more organized than I am. They like being in groups more than I like being in groups. They are really conservatively dressed. They don't swear as much as I do when I hit my thumb with a hammer, which I do. Don't tell them that, because I might not be a part of the group. They like to sing a lot. I like to sing. I don't know if I want to sing with you. So there's that feeling of there's that feeling of, of us getting to the place where, where we, we lose that central focus. And what, I love what John is always doing. John is always bringing me back and saying, "It is about Jesus. It is about what God has done on the cross through Jesus Christ." And it's true. It's what what the central reason that we come together, the community, the reason why we gather, is because God wants us to know for sure, without a question. We're good. That you can walk around with that itch scratched. So when you feel insecure because your body doesn't look the way you want it to, when you walk around because you feel like you don't make the income that the other people around you are making, when you walk around feeling like you got robbed because your parents didn't have enough in them to put energy into you. I know that. That you can feel the scratch of God saying, yeah, I know all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, we're good. And there's not one, get this, there's not one thing you can do, not one outfit you can wear, not one promotion you can get, not one nice deed you can do for the poor that's going to make me love you one bit more. Can't do it. I love you already.
as much as I possibly can. Can you go back to that passage? Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By the way, in, in, in those days, to enter the most holy place, you would not have had confidence. You would have had a, uh, the temple was set up in a series of concentric, uh, like square, like concentric squares where on the outside you could come in if you are a Gentile, you could come in further if you were a Jew, you could come in further if you were a male, you could come in further to the next one if you were a Pharisee. In the very center of everything is what was called the Holy of Holies. And on, in the Holy of Holies, one of you, one Pharisee will be elected per year to enter into the Holy of Holies. And in that day, we will strip you down, tie a rope around your waist that we can haul you out in case the, the blinding glory of the Lord strikes you down. You walk in, you don't talk, you don't wear shoes. That's the Holy of Holies. What he's saying is basically free pass. Everyone is in Jesus' free pass right into the middle. We now get to walk in where before that you didn't dare tread. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, not because you're good, not because you went to church, which is where I get hung up, but by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, His body. And since we have a great priest over the, over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart full of assurance of faith, having hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. See, what the author of Hebrews is saying is, let church be a place that scratches the itch, that lets us know that we are close and right with God. Let us hold, verse 21, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For the one who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. When I was uh, in college, and I went to the end, one of the things that that got me was a, a was watching some of the people that were leading and and seeing how their lives seemed to have this purpose and it seemed to me like they would get together and there was this sense that they were about something that was bigger than any one of them yeah they were they were they were talented but there was like they were goofy and you know it wasn't simply the people that were walking around that were the best looking it was this just this sense of of people that knew that God had built them with specific gifts, talents, and, and, and character traits in them that when put to use in a team could accomplish um, what are called, we call, go ahead, if we go to that other, go to that last three inches. Next one. BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. I didn't make it up, and I can't, I can't believe I just forgot the name. Willow Creek. What? 
the senior pastor at Willow Creek? Bill Hybels, thank you. Talk on it. Bill Hybels. Big, hairy, audacious goals where, he, where that came from. And, and um, it's the idea that there was something that was so crazy, so big, so monumental that we could never do it on our own strength. And that's the difference between a really dynamic company that you may belong to and what I think is the church. The author of Hebrews is saying, let's get together and let's spur one another on. Now, how are we going to do that unless we get to know each other? Unless there's that sense of we are looking at each other and drilling down in the dirt that we say for sure every single one of us that walk through this door has been made on purpose. There is no one here that was made simply when God wasn't looking and you walk, you somehow skated through on the assembly line. You know, like God's just off doing coffee and you, three or four of you tumble off and it's like, oh, crud, now i got to use this. You know, like there's the sense of, what am I going to do? They're imp- I don't know. They don't have any gifts. They don't have anything. Uh, maybe we'll use them as lawn furniture. We'll just sort of lay them out. And hopefully people will just kind of, you know, not ask them to do too much. We'll just sort of, hi, how are you? Sorry, you were an accident. We have to believe, we have to believe that every single person, when we came off the, when we came off the, the, the assembly line, that God is looking at us and going, on purpose. On purpose, on purpose, on purpose, on purpose, on purpose. You were made with gifts. You were made with gifts. You were made with gifts. Purpose, purpose, purpose. The sense that you were made specifically. Challenge for you. If I were to ask you right now, in ten seconds, to write down three of those gifts or traits, could you do it? Ten seconds. Go. In your mind. List them. Okay, now, who's bold enough to list one of theirs? Sense of humor, humor. absolutely you do. That's for sure. Now here's the thing, Chris just did something really bold. Here's the reason why, here's the thing that I really appreciate about what Chris just did. We know, do you see, feel the awkwardness? Like, no, I'm supposed to list where I'm like still growing, right, Dave? Like where my sin edge is, you know, or the kind of thing where I'm, I, you know, I don't quite have it together. That's not, don't list my gifts, Dave. That's boasting. No, it's, this is truth. We're supposed to see each other that way, that this idea, no, you were made on purpose. Yes, there are layers and bro- of brokenness in the world. There are layers on you, almost like a gem covered over with layers of soil. From the things that you've gone through, from the stuff of the genetics that go, that go wrong, that, that's true, there's stuff covering over. But underneath that image of God... That's how we need to be seeing each other. Someone else list one. What, what do you got? Good communicator. Good communicator. Thank you. Who else? Insight. Insight. Absolutely. You do, Ted. What else? Listening. Listening. Good. Creativity. Creat- who said it? Thank you. Creativity. Good. What else? Organization. Organization. All right. What else? Encouraging. Encouraging. Good. Storyteller. Storyteller. Good. I love that. Wait, music? Music. What else? Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Good. That's a I love that's great. What else? Uh, 
Huh? Empowering. You bet. What else? Huh? Visionary. Compassion. What else? Advocate. Who said that? That is so great. I know people who do not have that gift. <laughs> you want to be friends with her. What's your name? Jennifer, Jennifer will be standing in the back taking care. <laughs> what else? Loyalty. Loyalty. Who said that? Loyalty. Great. What else? Optimism. Ah, so great. I come from a German-Irish background. I need you. What else? Huh? Patient. Patient. Absolutely. I don't have that gift. What else? Leadership. Who said that? Thank you. Leadership. Got to have that. What else? Determined. Absolutely. Determination. You bet. What else? Some of you right now, I'll just give you a little clue. Your hands are sweating. You're going, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. That's your turn. That's when you're supposed to, that's, that's your clue. Okay? Some of you are at the place where I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. If I talk, I'm going to throw up. That's your clue. Talk. Who else? Perseverance. Perseverance. Thank you. Absolutely. You do that. You definitely have perseverance. Good with language. Good with language. Great. I'm not. That's great. Now we got a group here, huh? Absolutely. Do you start to see? This is the itch that we got to walk out of here with that sense of being named and known and mobilized to reach the world is what I think Jesus was getting at. That's the Sermon on the Mount. Those of you who mourn, those of you who are broken hearted, all of those people who have got stuff going on in their lives come together. Guess what? You're the light of the world. Let your light shine. Don't, put a bu- don't, don't hide it under a bushel. I think that was his mission. That's the itch. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of times when I walk out of church feeling like, I don't think they need me. Let's go on. Verse 29, let us not give up meeting together, as some of us are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. That in-between time, what the author is saying is, look, the world as it is isn't going to last forever. This is an in-between time. Jesus has done what he did, there's going to be an in-between time, and then Jesus is going to come back. That's going to be the end of it. There's a limited amount of time. This isn't going to go on forever. How that end time comes, I don't know. But what he's saying is, that final one is, to belong to others. We, got to, we want to keep meeting together. Some people were starting to disperse. They, this, this, the, the, in that, those times, they were, living, they were living in places where the Jews were just getting beaten. And so they're starting to, to, to break apart and not to get together. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You've got to keep gathering. You've got to keep coming together to encourage each other. When I went to the inn, I met 
a, a man named Denny Rydberg. Denny Rydberg asked me to go to coffee. Denny Rydberg sat with me for 30 minutes, and in 30 minutes he just listened to my story. And at the end of it, he said, Dave, I think you should apply for our internship because of this. And he, t- he listed off two gifts of mine. He says, you love to communicate. And he says, and you love people. He's listening to me for 30 minutes, that's all. And I never thought of doing something like that. I was going to go do what I'm doing now. And so I did. Went and worked for... I didn't get that internship, by the way. Really, really disappointing. But then he gave my name to a guy named Mike Gaffney. Now, Mike Gaffney hired me in Colorado. Mike Gaffney and I have now been friends for about 17 years. In November, Mike Gaffney and I will get together with 10 other guys that we've all known each other for, oh, roughly between 10 and 16 years, who have all directed college ministries just like the inn, who came out of the inn, or came out of people who came out of the inn, or who came out of, get this, this is true, or who came out of people 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 who have come from the end. That is true. What I know about that group is that during the time in my life when I was ready to pitch this faith out the window because I thought, how can this world exist as it is? It was these guys that gathered around me and we had this tradition. Every year we get together once a year and every guy got to share as much as he wanted from the last year and just talk about anything you want to talk about. God, we all share probably about an hour apiece. It's a lot of sharing in three or four days. And we play golf. It was good. And we get together, but we do it. And then after that, we'd all gather around each other and we'd lay hands on their shoulders and pray for them. We've done that every single year for 15, 16 years. And, and these were the guys where I felt like I finally belonged to others. I said, guys, I think I'm out of this group. And it was Bill Stevens in Colorado who said, you don't get that choice, Dave. Because we need you here. I'll tell you, that was probably about 10 years ago. I'm going to see these guys again in about three weeks, I think. That scratches the itch for me. Now, here's the paradox, though. I wouldn't have known them if I had never come to church. So I'm in a place right now where John and I are talking about this. How do we become a place that scratches the itches that we are built with? That itch to know that we're right with God, that we're close with God. That itch that we have that somehow what is inside of us gets put to use in some big, hairy, audacious goal. And finally, that as that moves forward, that somehow it transforms to become people that feel like what family is supposed to feel like. Where you belong to them. And they belong to you. That's the itch for me. So, this retreat, we are going to talk about it. We're going to experience it. We're going to do it. It's a perfect place to do this. And um, 
My hope is that we fill it. We need you there. That's my belief on this one, is that God has got you tapped. And I want to challenge those of you who make a lot of money, I want to challenge you to lay down to buy one um, ticket, whatever, for you. I want to challenge you to lay down some, either all or some part of a partial scholarship for someone who can't afford it. Ninety-five bucks for some people is, is going to break them. So God may put it on your heart to tithe your money that way. Pay the way for somebody else to go. Let's not have money be the reason why somebody says no. And I want to challenge you, if you're on that place on the fence, lean in. Lean in. Ask for help. Push yourself a little bit. We want you there. My hope when we come out of that weekend is that we are walking, and me too, with that sense of what do we do? This thing called church. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time. My prayer right now, I know that we're leaving with questions that are not answered because, Lord, you know that I've still got them. But I do pray that every single person in this room tonight has a sense of they are good with you. You look at them and not only do you love them, but you like them. You think they're great to watch. That you're interested in their life. That you are looking at them, not only for the layers and layers and layers of brokenness that cover them sometimes, but to the inside of them where your image lies. Where there are gifts and traits that are needed in this world. That were needed and that need to be scratched. And that longing for a family that feels like what it's supposed to, where we belong to other people. That when we want to go off on our own and split off, walk it by ourselves, that we've got a group that will grab us and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, you belong to us. I pray that they would have that peace. Give them courage, Lord. Sign up. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.